0: This morning I want to talk about the subject, Today is All We Have. Today is all we have. I got up this morning, and it seemed like really any, any ordinary Sunday morning. I talked to the Lord, I spent time in the Word, had coffee, kissed Annette, told her I loved her. Today is a new day that would be different than the previous day Or in fact, any other day that I've ever lived before this one. Oh, there may be some similarities to today and other days or other Sundays, but no two days are exactly alike. I'm sure that you can say the same as well. Life. It's such a small word, but what does it really mean? It's the period between birth and death. By definition, the period between birth and death, only six words are used to describe what might be a few years, but yet it may not, or it might be several decades, perhaps even a century. How long is that period from birth until death? Modern science, with all its technology, should be able to predict with a fair amount of accuracy one would think, but such is not the case. They've only been able to provide averages. Current statistics for 2020 in the United States says that the average lifespan is 78.93 years. 78.93 years. So if you are over 79.83 years, then you're making the average go up. Hallelujah. You're blessed. The statistics, however, do not prove to always be reliable. The plain fact is that no one really knows, at least no human knows. And as I was preparing for this message, there were a couple of things that weighed heavily upon me. Fifty years ago today, my sister was born. My parents were no doubt excited, but their excitement once Lisa came into this world was soon shattered because she was born with spina bifida. And in 1972, excuse me, in 1970, there were not treatment options that there are today. She was born with a hole in her back. She was paralyzed from the waist down. She had her first surgery when she was two days old, and she had 11 surgeries in her short two-year life. The only word that we know that she said was Bubba, which was me. And I was thinking that today... Lisa would be 50 years old. But she died at the age of two. And I remember that so vividly and I love my sister. And it was hard. Two years old. Doesn't seem fair. There was a young man that we knew very well. We'd spent time with them at church. We'd even driven the church van to pick them up for church. I had taught Zach in my Royal Rangers class. and Zach Mullins was an exceptional young man. He loved God. He went to youth camp and came back had a great time and his family went out of town to a wedding I believe in St. Louis Kansas City somewhere up there and he drowned in a hotel swimming pool at the age of 14 that was tough think about my mother she lived a life that was unhappy much of the time but knew about God knew I think she turned her life back to the Lord when she knew that the doctor's report wasn't very good She had hepatitis, which I thought was a simple thing because I've heard of people that live with hepatitis for years, but she had hepatitis and was taking medicine. My grandmother called us and said, I think you need to go see your mom, and we went over there, and she was not coherent, and we took her to the hospital, and we realized that The liver wasn't functioning properly and filtering the toxins from her blood and we took her to the hospital on a Tuesday and she died on Friday at the age of 41. My grandfather, who was a Pentecostal minister for over 35 years, one of the best role models that I've ever seen. He was no different in private than he was in public what you saw was what you got he was a man who lived holy and righteously before God and he was a great example and he had stomach cancer the doctors told him he might have six months but he lived a year and he died and I remember coming home and not realizing why Lord why But the simple fact is, is that we all have an appointment with death, and none of us knows when that appointment is. There's a story that I would like to read to you, actually a story and a follow-up story. It's a little bit lengthy, but as I read this story, I was moved deeply. The name of this story is The Death and Life of a 15-Year-Old Missionary. There's a picture of this family there. It's kind of difficult to see if you're far away, but the young lady holding the dog, Courtney is her name, is the one we're talking about. Smiling and upbeat, her blue eyes her blue eyes dancing and her wild, curly blonde hair pretty much everywhere. Fifteen year old Courtney Faith Miller was looking forward to heading out. After school for a three-hour road trip with her mom to Manhattan, Kansas, the story was written in April of 2015, where her brother Jacob lives and her sister Ellie is a sophomore at Kansas State University. Besides anticipating the trip, February 27th of 2015 was a typical Friday morning for Courtney. She ate breakfast and conversed with her dad, Tim, who spends much of his time caring for their 2,000-acre farm. Her mom, Denise, a teacher at Thunder Ridge High School in nearby Kensington, Kansas, was already at school preparing for the day. As school had a late start that Friday, Courtney was in no particular rush. She jumped into the family's 2001 GMC Sonoma Pickup, and headed down the rural roads towards school. Some of you are thinking, she's 15 years old. Why is she driving? There is a note on this story that says, Kansas law allows allows 15-year-olds to drive to school, to work, and to the farm. So it's kind of a rural thing. Courtney, known for her ability to brighten any room, there's a closer picture of her from her uh, Twitter account when she was a little bit younger. She would brighten any room with her smile, may have already been thinking about taking the road trip visiting her sister and brother and how she would be telling her mom, and she did on a regular basis meant it, that today is the best day of my life. Three minutes later, time stopped. Courtney Faith Miller, a young woman, blessed with seemingly unending cheerfulness and a bubbly personality, was dead. She wasn't texting, talking on her cell phone, or speeding. She was wearing her seat belt. Kansas Highway Patrol determined that the truck's front tire had slipped off the edge of the road. Courtney overcorrected, sending the truck across the road and into the far ditch where it rolled. Soon afterwards, classmates were making their way to school came upon the wreck and called 911. Word quickly made it to Denise, where when she arrived, she knew things were grim. There seemed to be little urgency on behalf of the EMTs to pull Courtney from the wreck. When people speak about legacy, it's rarely associated with a 15-year-old, but rare describes Courtney perfectly. Courtney's life was one filled with appreciation for even the smallest of things and overflowed with laughter, light, love, and joy all of which seemed to naturally bubble from her. Denise describes Courtney as a breath of fresh air. And although her siblings had red hair, Courtney was born blonde as they can be. Denise says she had the sunniest personality from day one. And the last tweet on her Twitter account was this. God knows what he's doing even when you don't. Learn to trust him. She had her own style with an effervescence that was noticeable. Friends, teachers, and leaders at her church, Heartland Worship Center, frequently observed that she was her own person. Nothing ever got her down, Tim says. Laughing full of life, she found something good in every situation. And that wasn't just a father talking. Repeatedly, friends and classmates said they never heard Courtney be anything but positive, always encouraging people, always smiling, and either talking about a book she was reading or about church and God. From the time I met Courtney, I noted a vibrancy that isn't typical in most teenagers, her English teacher Karen Matarin stated. I didn't take a week it didn't take a week to realize that his, this special energy was that of the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in a freshman girl. Her former youth pastor Daniel Belfus who transitioned to another church just weeks before Courtney's death says she was loved by everybody and was willing to be friends with anybody. I would describe her life as an example of Christ and how to live it. Denise recalls Courtney's love for missionaries, always making pledges for BGMC and Speed the Light projects, even though she didn't have a job. We knew that if we set, we knew that if we, if we, Set in court, uh, we knew if we sat down and pled, set down. Excuse me, we knew that if we set change down on the counter or anywhere in the house, it would end up in Courtney's pledge bank. She said with a smile in her in her voice, she always met her pledge. When asked about Courtney, her best friends talked about how she was able to turn tears into smiles, the love of God, and her passion for missions. Sharing how her dreams were was to be a missionary one day, having already gone on some missions trips and donated her time every year for missions Christmas projects. She had a real heart for missions and was definitely contemplating missions work and becoming a missionary, confirmed senior pastor Jonathan Gibson, who had pastored the 180-member church for the past year and a half. Courtney was one of those people who you just instinctively knew was a Christian, said, says Carly Bauman, the church's youth pastor and longtime member. She wa- It was obvious in the way she talked and in the way she lived her life, but it was most obvious in the way she treated other people. She made everyone feel welcomed and loved. But words can be cheap. However, dozens of her classmates, teachers, and even the high school principal validated that Courtney was far more... Then a, a few kind words. Brittany shared how Courtney would step in if someone's being treated badly, while Heidi said Courtney taught her how to live her faith. A teacher shared that she believed Courtney lived her life helping others find God. Brianna said that Courtney showed her the greatness that comes from following God and the happiness that follows. Shaylin told how Courtney inspired inspires her even now to be a better person and to help others. Principal Jeff Yoxel states that he knew Courtney loved her church through her in, through all her involvement there and was a person who was willing to help anyone. Tristan recalls how that Courtney it was Courtney who chose to sit next to him when he was the new kid in school every day for a week until the table he sat at was full of new friends. She was always the one to invite him to church and to sit with her family. Austin told how Courtney made him feel like a somebody and not a nobody. Even her brother Logan, a senior, shared that he looked up to her as she was never afraid to share her faith. The list goes on and on. Students sharing how Courtney's middle name, Faith, was so perfect for her and the impact she had on their lives. Many of them viewed her as as a best friend and without exception viewed her love for God and her caring spirit as genuine. Paula Haskett, a children's leader at the church who also had Courtney in her girls' ministry friends class, says, I think her faith is what is helping us get through, all get through this. We know she is in heaven, and we know that she is having a great time laughing with Jesus. When I go to church, there are times I still see her bent down helping kids, standing still on the risers, running with the spray whipped cream and the nozzle in her mouth, and laughing or kneeling with a child in prayer. Bauman says that because of the way Courtney lived her life for Christ, her death has brought a revival to the youth group. Five teens have given their lives to God and several others have rededicated their lives to Christ with five later being baptized. Tim and Denise, although still shedding tears over the loss of Courtney, this article was written just about six months after after she passed away, continue to be sponsors of the church and hosting youth events at their homes. They explain that ju- that just as much as the youth group needs them at this time that they needed the youth group as they healed together mm-hmm. we have all become like one big family tim says Darren stroud the kansas uh, the kansas district youth director says what set courtney apart is that she lived out her faith every day in front of in front of the world to see in front of the world to see instead of just at church in a spiritual setting She made her faith public on a regular basis. Perhaps nothing is more telling of how Courtney lived her life than the response by the community. Tim and Denise requested that in lieu of flowers, donations be made to Courtney's favorite ministry, Speed the Light. And she wanted to be a missionary. So far, more than $8,000 has been given to Speed the Light in Kansas Youth Ministries. An impressive total when Kensington has fewer than 500 people. And nearby Agra, less than 300 the high school grades 9 through 12 has 70 students. Jimmy Joe uh, Jansenis, a teacher at Thunder Ridge High, says, When Courtney did the one-shirt challenge in January, wearing the Human Right t-shirt for 30 consecutive days in an effort to create opportunities for, to witness, I told my husband, in, the heart, in my heart of hearts, I knew that Courtney was already a missionary and God had big plans for her life. Because in reality, Courtney's mission field was wherever Courtney was. On Courtney's bedroom mirror, she had taped 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That verse has been engraved on her headstone as well. And now knowing that her young missionary life has, been, has made such a profound impact on the lives of so many the, that the legacy she has left will continue to leave, our, our souls impacted and changed for Christ. It wouldn't be too hard to imagine Courtney wearing her brilliant smile, running up to Jesus, giving him a high five and yelling out once again in the excitement, today is the best day of my life. And there's a shorter article that follows up to this that was written several months after the article I just read, that is entitled "God Remains Faithful Following a Tragedy." And it says, for most people, February twenty seventh, twenty fifteen, is a day they can't like they can like they likely can't recall. But for Tim and Denise Miller and their family, it will a day they will never forget for that Friday. A dancing light in the farm, their youngest child, Courtney, was taken from this world in a tragic car accident. The Millers shared Courtney's story in that March article. Shortly after her death, the story revealed her passion and heart of this 15-year-old whose focus was on Christ and sharing her love for Christ with everyone she met. As repeatedly stated by those who knew her, she lived the kind of Christian life many wish they had lived. As the Millers continue to walk a journey of faith and grief, they share how they have experienced God's comfort surrounding them and his promises kept in amazing ways, especially in dark times when the pain of loss becomes overwhelming. Even though Courtney was an inspiration for many, her motivation, convictions, and passion to be Christ-like were perhaps deeper than most imagined. Following is an excerpt from a notebook that she regularly wrote in, which her mother discovered, I want you to listen to the voice of this 15-year-old who wrote in her journal. This is what Courtney wrote. If only I weren't so dazed by sin and blinded by desire, I might be able to see what was right in front of me, be able to see the people crying out for somebody to help them, to help them get out of the trap they are in, the trap that Satan set for them. There are people I desire so desperately that I fail to see the needs of the people around me. Their need for love, you see, the problem with our world today is that we are all too dazed by sin and blinded by desire to notice those people that still need to be loved. Those who don't know what it's like to be loved, we sit too high on our thrones of sin and desire to see their struggle with life, to see the trap we have set for ourselves more 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 I want more is all we can think while there are people around us who only need an ounce an ounce of love and yet we can only think of ourselves and our selfish desires when will our madness stop when will we start thinking of others and the need for love the love of God it's an amazing entry it's been nearly 6 months since the loss of Courtney, a seeming eternity to be separated but only a flicker of time in many ways. The natural question why seems doubly appropriate when it comes to Courtney's death. Here a young woman who served God with all of her heart, felt called to missions, and as one high school teacher recognized, treated whoever she want, wherever she want, went as her mission field. Tim admits he was at first at first he was upset and angry with God. Where was his hand of protection? But the more he prayed, the more God supplied the peace that transcends all understanding. God told me, trust me, if you choose to let me handle this, I will do great things. Denise said she questioned God as well. I asked him, what good can possibly come from this? She said, referring to Romans 8, 28. I just needed God to show me. And then God responded. God heard Denise's prayers And he held true to his promise to Tim. Courtney lived her life in a way that took advantage of every opportunity to speak and demonstrate Christ's love to others. Her passion in life was to connect people, even in some small way, to Christ. God has enabled that passion to continue to be fulfilled. And since Courtney's death, Denise, a teacher, has seen students at Thunder Ridge treating each other with more kindness. The church reported several salvations and rededications to Christ directly attributed to Courtney's passing. And the family has seen students praying at Courtney's roadside cross. The Millers have also received many letters and emails from Courtney's friends and classmates confirming over and over how Courtney's life made their lives better. But her death has inspired them to make their relationship with Christ a priority. Her youth pastors shared how that in life she was greatly admired uh, that she greatly admired Courtney's passion for Christ but in her death she, was, she has been challenged to follow God relentlessly. Even within the Miller family Courtney's brothers Jacob and Logan and Sister Ellie tell of the impact she had on their lives daily demonstrating how to live a Christian life be, to the fullest being a role model to each of them and how she continues to be an inspiration to the family. Ellie, her sister 20 says she and Courtney were not only sisters but best friends As I watched Courtney grow, I realized she was different from anyone else. She didn't struggle with her identity like so many others did. She didn't give in to peer pressure. She knew she was a child of God and she lived like it. She did a lot of things to make a difference in people's lives every day. She knew there was something more beyond this life. Courtney's life encourages and inspires me to trust God with everything I heard from the Christian camp Courtney went to every summer, Denise said. They left her bunk open, and the campers covered her bunk in pictures and flowers. She was, the only, she was, she was only there one week out of, each, out of each year, but she had that kind of impact on their lives. The camp also sent out a packet of cards and letters from the campers to the family, which they now treasure. There was also an international impact. But God wasn't done. Courtney's story was featured in the Assemblies of God News, and was read and shared by multiple thousands around the world, That AG Girls Ministries decided to use Courtney's story in the fall of 2015 Sleepover Packet for sponsors to share with thousands of young girls during this nation- nationwide event. Next came the truly unexpected AG National Youth Ministries contacted the Millers. As Courtney was involved in her youth group, Fine Arts Festival and Speed the Light Giving, they invited the Millers to come and to share a little of Courtney's testimony on stage during the National Youth Convention Service being held in conjunction with the 2015 General Council Evening Service in Orlando in August, more than 16,300 youth and adults heard Tim and Denise share a portion of Courtney's testimony in person, with more viewing online through the archived video of the service. Although Courtney's pain, although the pain of Courtney's loss is still very real in the weeks and months since her passing, Tim and Denise confirm that God has been incredibly faithful in keeping His promises. Even beyond their imaginations, he's taken the testimony of a young girl from a small, remote farming community in Kansas and set it before the lives of tens of thousands of people, and only time will reveal what he has in store. There's still a big job out there, and the job's not yet done, Tim says. For whatever reason, maybe God wants us to do the job. Courtney showed us how. Our responsibility is to carry on. Folks, today is all we have. Today is all we have. If we really stop and think about it, we could breathe our last breath today. And at this time next week, our funeral would just be a memory of the week before. That's true, and we all know it. Some would say talking like that is morbid and should only be discussed when necessary. Nobody really wants to talk about death. I know it's a difficult subject to think about because to a vast majority of people, death is an uncomfortable subject because it represents an unknown certainty for many people. There are people that dwell on the subject of death to the point of obsession because they've been convinced that the unknown must represent something better than the hurt and pain that they've endured and they're really not sure but for them it's just a guess. But I say again today is all we have. Today could be the last day that you or I live. It has been said that if you live each day as if it were your last, one day you'll be right. It's true. The scripture John, excuse me, James 4:13 The scripture says that we don't know what will happen tomorrow. Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? We really don't. We don't even know what's going to happen after we leave this building. Oh, we may have an idea of what might happen. We may have an idea of what we plan to do later today or tomorrow, but will it happen? We don't really know. Life Is precious. We are not in control of the beginning or ending of life. When that time comes, will we be ready? Think about this. If today is the last day of my life or your life, there's no more time to change anything because my time is gone. Your time is gone. My grandpa, who was a preacher, He, he was asked the question one time, if you knew that you were going to die in five minutes, or the Lord was coming back in five minutes, would you change anything? And he said, he thought for a minute, he said, no, I don't believe I would. He said, because I wouldn't have time. Wouldn't have time. Wouldn't have time to change it. In like that you don't know when your last moments are, how would you answer these questions? Have I left anything not done? What will people say about me? Did my life touch anyone else or no one at all? Have I been a good person? Was I a good example? But the most important thing of all that I know above everything else Did I completely surrender my life to God and His plan for my life? And did I do my best? I've had people, when I have asked people to do certain things, and this is with work or church or anything, and they reply, I will do my best. And my reply is, that's all that I can ask. Because when you've done your absolute best, that's the best that you can do. Now pick on Natalie since she's not in here. <laughs> you're in the family of a preacher, you're subject to subject of sermons. Um, when Natalie was in elementary school, and, and let me preface this by saying she was an average student. I mean, it was hard for me to grasp because I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but I was a very good student. <clears throat> for me not to get an A in the class was rare. It happened a couple of times, and it seemed to come pretty easily. But Natalie worked hard to get a C and maybe a B. And we didn't measure her on what the grade was, but we measured her on how Much effort she put into it because if she worked really, really hard, and we know she worked really, really hard and got a C or maybe a B, that was okay. We weren't one of these parents that say, You get an A or you're not, you're gonna be grounded for a month, you know, (laughs) it's just not gonna work. And so she brought home a paper that was well below (coughs) stellar. I mean, it was like. And I looked at that paper with her. And I was shocked. And I said, Natalie, I want you to look at me. And she's probably 10. I want you to look at me, and I want you to tell me that you did your very best. You tried the hardest that you could on this paper. And she's looking down. I said, look at me, Natalie, and tell me that you did your best. And she said, I can't because she knew we know when we've done our best and when we've not done our best, we know when we've half heartedly done something we know if we half heartedly made the bed some of you are thinking make the bed, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm an adult, I don't have to make my bed anymore (laughs) Well, <laughs> I better quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I will stand here today and tell you that it would be a rare thing for our bed not to be made each and every day. Um, and that's the way we like it. Uh, I usually make the bed at least twice a week. And those are the days when... Uh, I'm not out of the house first Um, Annette was so gracious and made the bed up this morning because I was running late I said you know I'd like to leave early this morning a little bit earlier because you know I was bringing breakfast and stuff for Sunday school and and I really wanted to be there and I said yeah getting here early is not really a good thing because I'm just running late and um And so she started making the bed, and I told her I would reciprocate. And I said, I'll make the bed tomorrow. And she's like, No, you won't, because, see, she'll still be in the bed when I leave. But today is all we have. The enemy will try to make me afraid of death. But but I have resolved that I will not be afraid in, in spite of the fact and the reality that each day could be my last. I have no reason to be afraid because I have put my trust and my faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. My sins have been washed away, never to be remembered against me again. Because of this, death for the Christian is not the end. It's a new beginning. I have been in funeral services, heard the blood-curdling scream of a daughter that was distraught because she would never see her father again and didn't really grasp the fact that he's not really there. He's in heaven. I can see him again because she had not placed her faith in Jesus Christ. And so it truly was separation. Yes, there's sadness. Yes, there's grief. But there's also the joy of knowing that there's something else that we can look forward to for the believer. 1 Corinthians 15.55 says, Where, O death, is your victory? Meaning that death holds no victory for the over the follower of Jesus Christ because verse 57 says, Thanks be to God because He has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory. Victory means that we have conquered because he has conquered. Because of this, I live each day knowing the realization of 2 Corinthians 4:17 says for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So if today is the day and it may be, I'm ready. Because I trust in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you do the same, then you can say, I am ready because I trust in Jesus. If today is the day I would like to be able to echo the words of Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have longed for His appearing. So what about it? Are you longing for His appearing? The New Testament believers had an intense longing for the Lord's return to take them from earth to be with Him forever. And I believe that we must have that sense of longing realizing that this world is not our home. It is only a place that we're passing through. That our home is far beyond this life. What if... You, what if? Today is the day. The fact is we don't know. Are you completely ready right now if life was over right now? Right now is the only time we have. We cannot wait until tomorrow because tomorrow may not come for any of us. Our former pastor Marcus Alexander used to say, Yesterday is in the tomb of time. Tomorrow is in the womb of time. Today is the only day that we have. That's it. Since now is the only time that we have, we can make sure that our hearts are right before God. We do not have to live in fear and the uncertainty of the unknown future or even be afraid of death because when we trust in the Lord, His love drives that fear away from us. And I want to close with this verse in 1 John four, fifteen and 16. It says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. The one who fears is not... There is no fear in love, but love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love, but because we love, fear drives out love. Perfect love. Love drives out fear. Love drives out fear. Regardless of when my last day will be, I will receive and continue to walk in the perfect love of, of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and not be afraid because today is all we have today is all we have church father i thank you for your word today and i ask lord that you would just touch our hearts as we contemplate and realize that our life is so short and so brief lord may we prioritize our lives to have you at the pinnacle and be the most important thing Touch us. Touch our hearts deeply. Let us put you first and your love first and you will take care of everything else. That's what you said in your word and we thank you for it. Holy Spirit, do your work this morning. Thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.